Getting started, especially in something big and something new, can be scary. Uh, there's plenty of anxiety, especially when you're talking about getting started in something like financial planning. If you're not an expert in personal finance, it can be very intimidating. And I know that. In fact, I want to share a little story as I talk about getting started in this course. I want to share a little personal story to give you a little background about what I'm thinking about getting started. So you may know that my wife, Connie, is a volunteer park host. We live currently at the Stephen F. Austin State Park, where she is kind of a full-time park host. And I'm her assistant on the weekends and evenings. And we've got a great setup, and it's a lot of fun. And we spend time out there with uh, nature, and it's just awesome. Uh, but I have all these... Uh, pieces of the puzzle that are challenging. So just to get started in that role, I had to get a new RV, one with an office. I had to get Starlink. So I had internet and that's not working perfectly all the time. And so it's a challenge and it creates anxiety, especially as I'm building this course and doing the things that are on my bucket list related to my business and growing my business and helping people save more money, pay lower taxes, and build a better retirement. And so as I'm getting started, uh, there is a lot of underneath the surface, a lot of anxiety with getting started with all of the things I have going on. And so I was thinking about you getting started in this course, in this new journey of financial fitness and financial planning. And as I'm getting started at the Stephen F. Austin State Park, I met someone who was is very special, a new friend. His name is Justin Howell. And Justin and I have something in common, and that's the story I wanted to share. Justin is a personal fitness coach, and that's his business. And so we had a chat, and it's interesting, his wife and my wife are both the official park host. And he and I are both there to assist and do some of the kind of heavy lifting occasionally that we get to do to help. I have certain skills like fixing things that I'll do on the weekends and the evenings. And so we both get to be kind of more than an assistant park host. We get to uh, drive the gators and do the things that <laughs> the grasshoppers. Uh, we get a lot of cool benefits of being there with our wives. But mainly we both have the responsibility of running our business. And we both run our businesses with an element of, uh, you know, online component. So in my case, I do Zoom meetings and he does Zoom meetings. And so Justin offered... I asked and he agreed. He offered to let me be part of his training. So I'm getting started in a new fitness program. As you can see, I could use some fitness. And Justin shared some very encouraging words with me when we met. But also I watched one of his video videos on YouTube. I'm going to share that with you in a minute. And it was very encouraging to me to hear what Justin had to share. And it made me think about uh, the folks that I serve, uh, the people like you who are trusting me to help you create a compelling financial plan for your future. And so as I'm learning to trust Justin and dealing with some of the frustrations, honestly, one of the things that happened this week was I was having a little trouble finding the calendar for the Zoom links for when we meet and 
to be honest with you, I was kind of relieved that I couldn't find uh, the link. We had some, I had some problems with internet and I had to leave the park, come back to Houston to do some things that I had committed to do. So I was away from the park and uh, I didn't do any workouts. I, in fact, I did one uh, <laughs> two-minute workout. It was my first uh, invitation from Justin to be part of the group. And during that few minutes, I was trying to get my space set up, trying to get my workout space set up at the RV. Uh, one day before we had a little storm that blew off my awning. So I've had a really interesting week. But during that very short period of time that I was with this group, working out with Justin. He's working out in his workspace, which is part of his toy hauler RV. It's a really cool setup. But for me, I was just outside under my awning before the wind blew it off. Uh, and, and I was just trying to get set up. And I wanted to look good. You know, I wanted my camera to be in the right place and I wanted to be able to see. So mostly I was just getting set up. But while I was there in that in that workout group, I started to feel very much like a spy. Like I was just there looking at everyone else and everyone else was working out. And I realized that being part of a community is something that uh, requires trust. And those Justin trusted me, invited me to come into his, uh, his group. And all the people who trusted Justin had kind of by default trusted that Justin was um, letting me in as someone who was there to work out, not just to watch everybody else work out. It felt a little awkward for a few minutes, but it made me think about what it's like to be part of a community where we try to help one another. And in this course, there is a, a collaborative component that I'm going to be introducing you to and encouraging you to not just be like I was that day, a spy who comes into the group and looks and sees what everyone else is doing and tries to get take some notes, which I was doing. I was getting set up and I didn't know what equipment I needed and I didn't know anything. And so I was there to do that. But while I was watching everyone work out, I had this appreciation and gratitude for the fact that I was able to be there and learn from them. And so I hope the same kind of thing happens for you in this course. And as you watch Justin's words, I want you to just think about uh, how his words in terms of not, not waiting, stop waiting, let's get started. We spend so much time waiting. I know it's true for me. And when it comes to something big and getting started, something like losing weight, getting in shape, or getting my finances in order, uh, or my business, there's always some project that I'm putting off. And I assume that's true for most people. And I'm assuming that, that you will appreciate some encouraging words like I did from Justin. I'm looking forward to working with Justin and getting in shape. And I have a lot of work to do. And I'll be sharing some of that along the way. But today, as I had this lesson on my to-do list, getting started. I just thought maybe the story of Justin and the backstory of what we're working on 
over at Stephen F. Austin State Park, where Justin is kind enough to invite me to come into his group. By the way, I've invited Justin to come into our group, and I'm going to, I just, as I'm saying this, I'm making up my mind that I'm going to invite Justin's group, anyone who wants to, to come into our group. So 30 Days to Make Your Money Count is our free premium financial planning course, and it's a 30-day trial, basically, before you're asked to commit to any, not even a dime. And you'll get the full access uh, to the financial planning portal, and you'll be able to get started. And I'm going to invite Justin and his group to join us uh, if they want to, to participate in what we're doing here in this course. But for now, I wanted to uh, just post this. Uh, this video will be part of the course in getting started. The story of Justin is coming right away in a minute. Uh, and then before, uh, after Justin's story, I'm going to share uh, from Make Your Money Count Turning Point, something that uh, I've been thinking about a lot this week, and hopefully it will help you think about a turning point as you prepare to get started in this course and in your financial planning journey. So thanks for watching. Here comes Justin's story and then a little segment from Make Your Money Count Turning Point. Roe had a quote, how much human life is wasted in waiting? I like to condense that into how much is wasted in waiting? How much do we waste time, happiness, feeling good about ourselves, doing things we love to do because we're waiting for something. And right now, during this time of year, getting close to the end of it, uh, there's a lot of lot of waiting. There's a waiting for one one to start doing things differently, to do better with nutrition, exercise, whatever it might be. And then you also hear that throughout the year, though, uh, on a Friday or a Saturday, people will do better on Monday. And what I hear them not saying is they're not they're not sure. They don't believe that if they decided they wanted to do something or not do something, that they could stick to it through a difficult time, like a Saturday night when everyone's consuming everything, or through the holiday season uh, when all of the options are right there in front of you. And I'm not here to depress you or judge you or anything like that. I'm here to give you some hope that there's maybe some leverage you haven't pulled yet. Um, maybe one of the reasons that you've sometimes started and then not been successful when a difficult period came, when Valentine's hit, when a birthday hit, when whatever happened, life, um, it's because you didn't have a plan that was really a good fit for you. There's a lot of great ideas out there. There's a lot of great programs, apps. There's a lot of great ways to attack everything that you want to do. The trick is putting them together in a way that's going to benefit you, your lifestyle, your motivation, whatever it is. Uh, that you're trying to accomplish, that it's put together. And then, of course, you have someone helping you uh, stick to it, right? So what I want to offer you is to not give up hope. Um, what I want to try to trick you into doing is start right now, start these two, three weeks before the end of the year by just simply thinking through what is it that you want to accomplish and doing research on the things that might help you get there. Ask your local fitness professionals that you know. Ask them and listen to what they say. Don't just discredit what they say when they say something you don't want to hear because it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard no matter what. If you decided to go after it, it's going to be hard no matter what. 
if you want to talk to somebody, want to talk to me, if you don't know a fitness professional, come talk to me, reach out to me in, in my DMs. Let's set up some time together. I do complimentary consultations all the time. No obligation. I really just want to know that uh, folks who really want to change their lifestyle, hit some goals, that they are getting the help they need and they're being honest with themselves when they put together their plan and they're giving themselves uh, a chance to succeed. Turning Point. Not long after Connie and I got married, we moved to Austin, Texas, and I got a job making more money than I ever dreamed of making. It wasn't that much, but to me, it seemed like a fortune. I was able to buy things Connie and I could enjoy, and for a while, it was wonderful. I sure didn't want to go into debt, but we spent every dime I made. Soon, though, the things I bought weren't enough to thrill me any longer. I wanted more. I thought I needed more. I hoped the things I was buying could fill up the hole in my heart, but when they didn't, I tried to cram more in there, but the hole just got bigger. One day I realized that I had all I'd ever wanted. A wonderful wife, two beautiful sons, a good job, and lots of stuff. But I was miserable. My dream was fulfilled, but I felt emptier than ever. For a new thrill, I started smoking pot. That felt good for a while, but bad decisions followed bad decisions. And soon I was on the verge of losing Connie, my sons, my home, and my job. I'd like to say that I flushed my last dime bag down the toilet because of noble reasons, but that's not true. I flushed it because I realized it was costing me way too much money. The answer, I became convinced, was to make even more money. I left my job and became an insurance agent. In that role, I interacted with hundreds of people, and I observed them carefully. Some were just as driven to make money as I was, and they felt just as empty. But surprisingly, Many of the men and women who came to my office had a clear, compelling sense of direction for their lives, and they wanted to marshal every resource to fulfill their dreams. These people had learned one of life's most important lessons. We experience far more joy and fulfillment if we devote ourselves to others instead of spending our resources on our own pleasures. I had read about these principles of giving to live in some Bible classes in college. But these clients were flesh-and-blood examples who were living those principles. I desperately wanted what they had, but I wasn't sure how to get it. One major turning point came when I signed up for the Financial Planning Association Residency Program. I went to the conference center a day early to spend time with some friends. That morning, I walked down to the restaurant to get some coffee, and I saw a man in his 50s coming out of the exercise room. He was the epitome of a handsome, fit, fabulous, successful, got-it-all-together businessman. Instantly, I hated him. Our eyes met for a second, and we smiled and nodded to each other the way polite businessmen do. I hoped I would never see him again. That afternoon, I walked into the first meeting of the residency program, and there he was. He introduced himself. Hello, my name is Rich. I hoped to avoid him as much as possible, but he was one of my mentors for the entire week. A few minutes later, all the mentors were asked to give thumbnail sketches of their business philosophies and how they serve their clients. When Rich's turn came, he told the group that he hoped to impart to us how much he treasured his clients. My clients, he told us, are more than account numbers and sources of commissions. They are people who entrust their hopes and dreams to me. He assured us that what matters most is not how much we know about investments, 
tax law or retirement planning. And it's not how well we've perfected a particular set of sales techniques to get them to say yes. It's about the people themselves. Our calling, he said, is amazingly simple and immensely profound. To connect with people on the deepest level, to earn their trust, so they will share with us their dreams for their families and themselves. Instead of focusing on our own goal of getting them to buy a policy or invest some money so we can earn a commission, the focus shifts dramatically to their needs, their hopes, and their deepest desires. At the end of Rich's introduction, he spoke a sentence that has resonated in my heart since that moment. When clients share their most heartfelt dreams with me, I consider that a sacred trust. Immediately, I realized, that's it. That's what I've been looking for. Relationships based on trust that surface and enhance our most cherished dreams. That's what my clients wanted, but that's what I wanted too. I had been completely absorbed in myself. My pleasure, my goals, my desires, my success, and my comfort. The circle of my life had been reduced to a dot. As a friend of mine says about his temptation to be preoccupied with himself, I may not be much, but I'm all I think about. That was true of me, in spades. When I met with clients, I smiled and tried to look like I was genuinely interested in them. But I was thinking only about selling them products so I could make more money. And in my family, I demanded that they comply with my wishes all day, every day, or I pouted. But Rich and the clients who had modeled a life of purpose were showing me that real life comes from looking beyond ourselves. I remembered what Jesus told his followers. Give away your life, you'll find life given back. But not merely given back, given back with bonus and blessing. Giving, not getting, is the way. Generosity begets generosity. Luke 6.38 I'd probably read or heard that passage dozens of times, but in Rich and my purpose-filled clients, I saw that it's true. Those who lived for a higher purpose than their own pleasure experienced the thrill of touching others' lives and the contentment of knowing their lives really count. The change in my life has been wonderful, if a bit uneven. As I've become convinced that living for others brings the most joy in life, I've certainly experienced far greater contentment than ever before. Instead of demanding my way all the time with Connie and our kids, and my friends and co-workers and neighbors and anyone else in the universe, I really care about them. Instead of using Connie to meet my needs, I'm more concerned about her needs. Believe it or not, I'm learning to listen. Today I see my defect of selfishness far more clearly than I did when I was submerged in it. And now I can more easily identify my selfish attitudes and actions so I can make choices to be more gracious and grateful. But make no mistake, I'm still in process and I have a long way to go. I'm only on the first part of the path. But I'll tell you, even the beginning of the journey of caring for others is far better than the best day of rampant selfishness. Mm -hmm.